Tate Chronicles now transmitting. Welcome to the Tate Chronicles on Healthcare Now Radio. And now, here's your host, Jim Tate. Good day, citizens of the free world. From border to border, coast to coast, and to all the ships at sea, I bring you a warm welcome. This is your correspondent, Jim Tate, and thank you for tuning in today to Tate Chronicles. Join me as we cut through the fog that exists at the leading edge of healthcare technology. My uh, guest today is Damon Auer. Damon is the Managing Director for North America for DataLoose. DataLoose provides services and products to support a digitally enabled healthcare ecosystem. Their vision is promoting change in healthcare delivery from the episodic-centric approach to one more line with continuum of care. And I've had the pleasure of being on some roundtables talking about interoperability and uh, with Damon. We've talked a few times. And Damon, welcome to the Take Chronicles today. Thanks, Jim. Glad to be here. It's, it's good to speak with you again. I'd like to kick things off with a blog post I read recently on the Data Loose website by the Chief Medical Officer, Dr. George Matthew. Uh, interesting title of that post, The Unbundled, Unbundled Provider. And it really focuses on the rapid change in healthcare that is uh, no longer totally provider-based, but is shifting uh, really uh, rapidly more and more to a consumer-based model in healthcare services and data. So the first thing uh, I'd like to ask you, Damon, is kind of based on this blog, how do you define the traditional provider model? Uh, I mean, if you look back, Jim, at the last, I'd, I'd say, three or four decades, we've gone through this, or we've all lived through this experience of IDNs, big IDNs consolidating um, ambulatory specialty care with acute care. So when we talk about large providers or anchor providers, really, in geography, when we think about value-based care and where things are likely to happen, traditionally, it's been centered around these large um, IDMs that combine all these different care disciplines into one entity. And I think we're, um, I think we're starting to see and maybe even going to see a, a faster uh, decoupling, disentanglement of some of those ambulatory services from acute. And there's some really interesting um, reasons why that is. Well, and, and so you're, uh, you know, over the last uh, five to 10 years, we've seen many hospital systems buy up ambulatory practices uh, for any, any number of reasons. So uh, are you saying that there's starting to be a decoupling of that in some way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, we've been also watching this shift over the last decade in particular, as our technology has gotten better and we've started to test some different um, pay, payment models and bundling of services and um, shifting more and more of what used to require an acute setting um, for care for any of us um, to ambulatory settings. We're just we're getting better at taking care of people remotely and from afar, and we have more and more tools to do that. And so, what that is allowing us to do is empty more hospital beds and shift more of the um, actual care and recovery from interventions to alternative sites like my house, right? Or a, a retail um, mm. care setting. And, and so it's, it's uh, and if you look at just 
a couple things that have happened in the last 60, 90 days. There's two big deals that we'll all be familiar with and have talked about probably ad nauseum at this point. But the one medical deal with the Amazon was done at four times revenue. And the Signify Health deal with CVS was done at eight times revenue. Those are those are really, really inflated multiples for what is essentially a primary care business in one medical, a consumer, a truly consumer-centered primary care business in one medical and a growing alternative site ambulatory home care business in Signify Health. But if you just think about those, the financials of those deals Mm -hmm. um, demonstrates that we are now beginning to value what happens in an ambulatory care setting in a very different way than we value what happens in an acute setting, right? Even well, just from a, from a financial standpoint. If, if you don't mind, um, I don't know all the details of that Amazon deal. Uh, what's that all about? What's Amazon doing? So Amazon has announced an acquisition of One Medical. One Medical is a relatively new, I think, in the last three or four years. In fact, my family here in North Chicago, we use One Medical just because it's a very pleasant, um, truly consumer-centered experience. They make you feel like they know who you are and we don't have to fill out the same forms over and over and over again. All these things that have Mm -hmm. sort of depersonalized care um, in an acute setting. And we've just been told for decades to just be patient and wait, right? Right. Um, Is... One Medical is an example of a new primary care business, primarily selling to large employers, but also also payers of all shapes and sizes in different geographies. And, And what's interesting about One Medical is it's just a very different experience. It's it's a real modern consumer experience. And in fact, if you do a little research, which we have done, and look at the technology that One Medical uses to create that show me, you know me, and personalize the care experience for Damon or Jim um, or my family member. They didn't start with a built-to-bill electronic medical record like most of the rest of the provider industry. They started with a consumer relationship management system Mm -hmm. and and then added charting to that system over time. So there's a reason, there's a very intentional reason that that the feeling we get when we get care at One Medical is very different, right? Because they talk to me like I'm a person, not not a patient just sitting in a waiting room. And and so uh, One Medical, is this is a network of providers, correct? Yep. Um, And it's ambulatory. Is it also uh, inpatient? as well as ambulatory surgical centers is? Uh, to my knowledge, it's all ambulatory. And I'm not, okay. I'm not deeply, deeply informed, Jim, sure. um, on this one. So I don't want to, I don't want to well, And yeah, I don't want to uh, spend the whole time talking about Amazon, but I'm kind of interested in, in why they are doing this. Now, you know, when they decided, uh, because uh, Amazon is such a big player in, in so many domains that, uh, there are a lot of opinions about them. Uh, of course, they've grown large by their ability to deliver things. Um, and w- when they wanted to get in the grocery business, they didn't start from the ground up. They went and bought Whole Foods. 
um, and and then brought their added value with you know ability to return things you bought from Amazon to a Whole Foods. It, it almost sounds like this is the way they're getting into healthcare. They've picked uh, one medical, and, which already had a uh, a good system in place, and maybe are going to test the water, so to speak, to see about going more than just on a regional basis. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Amazon's ginormous, right? So right. this deal, even at the the 4X revenue multiple, right. which makes it kind of extraordinary, um, is, is uh, you know, it's a rounding error when we look at, right. at Amazon's <laughs> overall revenue model. But to your point, Jim, the, the retail um, locations, grocery, right, locations that Amazon mm-hmm. acquired with Whole Foods are very much... Um, being considered as a co-loco or co-lo location for care services, not dissimilar to some of the other retail services that we're seeing, right? You know, yeah, it's really fascinating, uh, the the change. And um, uh, again, not having to build it from the ground up, excuse me, sometimes one and one can be three if you get the right synergy. Yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. And mm. the other thing I think that's driving this, this, or at least the early stages of this di- disentanglement of ambulatory from acute services, if you think about it, the way that we pay, any of us pay for healthcare has actually changed quite a bit in the last decade. We've all gotten more used to, and I think comfortable with these high deductible insurance plans, right? Mm. Yes. I mean, essentially, we're paying for 80 or 90 percent of our ambulatory care anyway is coming out of our pocket in the form of these high deductible plans. And if you think about where the consumer experience in healthcare really lies, it doesn't lie in acute. We're lucky to be conscious when we're in a catastrophic acute situation. Right. We could complain about the food or what's on TV, but that's about it the lion's share of the experience that any of us will have in healthcare over our lifetime, 95% of it is in an ambulatory setting. So Amazon, in this case, very intentionally is buying a, uh, a modern consumer-centered mm-hmm. ambulatory business where they can have they can be part of the change in the consumer experience in the healthcare industry over the next couple of decades, right? I think that's the, I think that's the primary um, reason. And as we we're thinking about this um, here at Dataloose, the, the question we constantly are asking ourselves is what is what is the healthcare industry landscape look like two years from now, four years from now in the U.S.? And I think this is uh, maybe the showing us that we're going to separate the consumer experience and care and our whole reason for existence at Dataloos is to personalize care experiences for everyone, which is, I believe, the fastest path to health equity and, and has other benefits. But if, if it's true that we're going to start to see ambulatory services disentangle from acute, there's going to be ambulatory organizations that have brand new, cons- truly consumer-centered um, technology needs over these next few years. So it just makes us think a little bit differently about how we can bring the software assets of the firm to some of these emerging 
consumer experience and care organizations um, in different parts of the country and the world. Well, that, that's kind of, I'd like to have you speak a little more about that is data loose. Uh, who are your customers and um, what are you doing to, to support this shift we've been talking about? Yeah, we serve large provider customers like a lot of other um, healthcare software companies um, do today. But more often than not, in those large provider customers, we're, we're really having an impact with our software on the consumer experience, regardless of what channel the interaction with a consumer and the provider occur in, whether that's I'm in, in my, my primary care physician's office for an annual checkup, or I'm visiting a specialist for a particular procedure um, or opinion. And so we're already seeing our software, the use cases and the value propositions in large providers are almost always targeted at specific cohorts of people mm -hmm. um, in a population and geography that we can get really intimate with individuals in those cohorts, understand who those people are, um, what are what my goals and, and dreams and fears and um, habits and preferences and everything else are, right? All the things that can really have an impact on my experience um, of care and use software to orchestrate care plans for individuals that are uniquely them for them. And we use the term whole person care um, with some frequency. And that sort of means different things to different people. But to us, it means everything we can think of, every um, service that we can orchestrate for your benefit um, over time to improve your health and well-being. So everything medical, behavioral, um, all the licensed care team members that can have an impact on your health and well-being, we can proactively coordinate and orchestrate. Um, and I think that that person-centered orchestration is going to be the high-value discipline in a, a standalone ambulatory setting that's no longer entangled with acute. Disentanglement. Yep. It seems like that that brings value. <clears throat> there, there's a couple of things um, I've thought about um, as we've been discussing these topics, Damon. Um, uh, uh, sometimes change occurs slowly. Sometimes it's incredibly fast. And in the business side of healthcare, I just think of a couple of examples. Like, uh, uh, not directly related to, to what you've been talking about, but just shows how quickly things can change. Uh, there's been a gigantic amount of money and startups vested in helping patients have their own personal health record and figuring out ways to get their data in there. And uh, just so many startups, Microsoft had one, uh, Google had one, everybody had one, they kind of threw in the towel, but there's still a lot of these companies trying to create a personal health record so people could aggregate their data, which is kind of complex how they actually get access to that data from numerous providers and stuff. But then along comes Tefka, which you and I have talked about quite a bit, uh, which is the network of networks. It's been six years in the planning. They're just going to start flowing over it probably sometime next year, and, and hopefully it's going to be pretty widespread adoption. And in, in that case, a consumer will just need uh, an app or 
or, or something similar to app that accesses the Tefka network and the data will will flow. You don't have to go looking for it. You just have to access it uh, as as yourself. And so those businesses really, really changed quickly. Um, and then just in the last couple of months, the change that's happened to hearing aid technology. Uh, technology has always been there. It's gotten better and better. But since the FDA ruled that the people that really set the prices and control the distribution and prescriptions for hearing aids uh, has disappeared. Uh, and so it's a much different market. And hearing aids are probably going to come down in price 50 to maybe 80%. I don't know if you've been seeing any ads about that yeah, yet. Yeah, lots, but lots of ads, right? It, it's, I mean, anybody who was in that business of healthcare, taking care of hearing, who was m making money off those devices, that market's gone. I'm sure Amazon would be selling them. You know, everybody's yeah, Apple, yeah. Apple, uh, kind of everybody. So things can happen very, very quickly. And, um, you know, there is a... Uh, aspect that you talk about. So it'll be fascinating to hear your experience in the years ahead as the deal goes through with Amazon, how how your healthcare provider network is able to maintain what you like about it. That would be the test. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see it um, play out for sure. But the, the, the good news, Jim, and even the, the hearing um, aid example is, is a great example of of disentangling an old process that had half a dozen middlemen and distributors who controlled everything, right? And right. and we were told to just be patient and wait until somebody in that closed network told you what hearing aid you could get and at what price, right? Right. Um, and and that's a great example of a of a seismic shift in that one little part of the industry in favor of the consumer, right? Like the, the ads are a little maddening, maddening in their frequency at this point. Yes, I know. But at the same time, we got to get the word out, right? To yeah. consumers that have a need that that all of a sudden the market is a lot more transparent yeah. and a lot more accessible and a lot more focused on the end consumer of care, not all the middlemen absolutely and networks in between us that's so. true um to our audience if you're just joining this episode i'm jim tate and on this episode of the tate chronicles i'm speaking with my friend damon hour of data loose yeah uh, uh, uh kind of going back to that example <clears throat> of uh hearing aids same thing but in managed care you know we 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 heard about it we knew it was coming the months and years pass and then all of a sudden, uh, it's it's not kind of like pudding that suddenly thickens. It goes from liquid to a semi-solid, you know, at a very critical level, precise level. And uh, it seems like we're seeing uh, more and more of that. I guess that's uh, really what you're describing as these uh, the, the rapid shift and technology companies, healthcare technology companies being able to pivot to support the shift. Uh, or or they'll be left behind. Yeah, I mean, the acceleration, just the pace of change feels like it's accelerating pretty dramatically. And I think this this particular shift that we're talking about here, the decoupling of, of ambulatory from acute is, is just a huge consumer benefit there. 
the transparency, the um, choice, our ability to make choices, informed choices about our own care in ambulatory environments is so much higher than in acute environments, right? And Absolutely. And you think about the way that things get paid for, our high deductible health plans basically mean that me and my family are paying for our own ambulatory care anyway, right? Yes. And, and my insurance should be for catastrophic acute, just, mm-hmm. just like my car insurance is for catastrophic situations. It doesn't pay for my oil changes or fill my gas tank. Why would we expect our health payer? Um, you know, Damon, on the administrative side of everything, you know, this push that there has to be supposedly transparency in hospital charges. And I say supposedly because I, th- I think that l- those rules have been passed and they're supposed to be doing it. And people say, yes, they are. And some people say, no, they're not really doing it. I don't know. But we're moving that direction where transparency in, in pricing and also uh, no surprise uh, billing, which is, you know, you go in and you don't realize uh, you may be in an in-network uh, hospital for your surgery, but the anesthesiologist is not in network and you get a giant bill from that side. That Those kind of uh, non-consumer friendly uh, processes, hopefully uh, those are part of the administrative changes that actually support this too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, what a welcome change that will be, right? When we yep. actually, when we actually have visibility and transparency to what we're going to get charged before we get charged it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, well, if folks want to reach out, uh, Damon, and find out more about Data Loose and uh, what's going on there and uh, check out that blog post we mentioned, where can they go? Uh, a couple places, dataloose.com. Um, and uh, does sound, Dataloose is enunciated just the way you're saying it, Jim. Good job. Yeah. Sounds like setting your data loose, which is kind of intentional and fun, but uh, just Google us at datalist.com. We'll also be at some events that are coming up pretty quick. The Chime Fall Forum uh, event in San Antonio. Uh, look out for Dataloost there. And we've got the health conference in Vegas coming up the second week um, of November, and we'll be there as well. So we'll look forward to to interacting with, with folks. You, you know, um, Damon, one thing that's also changed is... Um, Healthcare-related conferences uh, used to be there were just maybe one or two big players. Maybe they were general uh, general healthcare conferences. Sometimes they'd be specific for oncologists or radiologists. But in the last few years, we've seen uh, the the birth of uh, like Health HLTH and, and Vive and uh, ones that maybe are su- they're still pretty good size, but but smaller th- than the really really large ones. And are more focused, perhaps on uh, I don't know technology, or it's just a different slice of the pie. Yeah, it's it's it it's kind of like the it kind of feels like when you're at these events, like Hims feels a little bit old school, and Health and Vive, which uh, came out of Health and in collaboration with Chime, is just represents a, a new forum with a different, with a much, much more intentional focus on the consumer experience and care and what that is going to look like in the future and less um, focused on 
the uh, you know built to bill EMR systems that we run for operations. In, in exactly, and and we certainly need both of them. There's no doubt. But th that, this is all part of the shift, also. Uh, well, Damon, we're almost uh, totally out of time. To our audience, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Tape Chronicles. I offer a special salute to my guest today, Damon Hour of Data Loose. Damon, thanks for coming aboard today. Thank you, Jim. It's been fun. You can find more information on this show's program page at healthcarenowradio.com. Until we meet again, here's wishing you smooth sailing and safe harbors. Tape Chronicles transmission ending now.